want to welcome everybody to the December 8th edition of the Ag Market Network. This is our monthly, our regular monthly cotton market uh, roundtable. Uh, and uh, our program is sponsored, as most of you know, by BASF, the owners of FiberMax and Stoneville Cottonseed. Uh, this is our annual holiday uh, edition of our program. OA likes to lead us, so OA, we thank you for 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 uh, leading us today and giving us your thoughts on on the market. Well, thank you, Pat. Uh, you make me smile with your comments there, and I'll just leave it at that. But uh, we're we're more than happy to do this and enjoy doing it. That's correct. Uh, as uh, we our pre-conference conversation, we were talking about it and. And uh, it's always so easy to say, well, we thought consumption would come down. I, to me, that was the big number in the report. USDA reduced world cotton consumption to the tune of 1.6 million bales. And, and guys, I'm going to round off, so if, uh, if something doesn't make sense, please correct me. But in reducing world cotton consumption, 1.6 million bales, they, did, they took a million out of China and dropped it down to 36.5. They took 400,000 out of Turkey. They took 100,000 out of the U.S. They took another 100,000 out of Mexico. Uh, those are big numbers. Uh, the, the, the two of the largest uh, cotton-consuming countries in the world, China and Tur- Turkey, they did increase Bangladesh. And Bangladesh shows up now as being a larger consumer of cotton than Turkey, and that's rather remarkable. The uh, but no change in Vietnam, no change in India. So world cotton cotton consumption drops uh, drops uh, 1.6 million bales. And looking at the uh, on the on the production side, world production was dropped to half a million bales. With uh, in round numbers, 300,000 of that coming out of the U.S. Another 300,000 coming out of Turkey. Uh, all of the other northern hemisphere crops were just basically left unchanged. We did see, with the exception of Pakistan, we did see an increase in 200,000 bales. So with the rounding error there, 600,000 out of the U.S. and Turkey, an increase of 200,000 in Pakistan. But the net reduction in production, just 500,000 bales. I think we kind of thought USDA would reduce the Indian crop. They did not do that. As we, uh, as, as, as we look at, at, at the consumption numbers again, the, the biggest drop as a group, major importers in, of, the, of the world, reduced their consumption 1.5 million bales, and I think that's a rather significant number. It tells us why prices have been under so much pressure. It tells us what we see so frequently as to the problem that we're having with cotton consumption and the problem that we're having with economies all over the world. Looking at world stocks as these numbers flow through the, 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 the data tables, uh, world ending stocks were increased 900,000 bales up to 82.4 million. U.S. stocks were decreased 100,000 bales down to 3.1. 3.1 is tight. I think in this day and age and with the U.S. consumption being as low as it is, it's not as tight as we used to think of it. We used to think in terms of 3.0 being what we just absolutely had to have, but it, 
during those days, we were furnishing a domestic textile uh, industry of somewhere between a bare minimum of six million to seven million bales, but more frequently like eight to to ten million bales. So, three point one million. We grew up thinking that was tight, but that's not tight in today's the way the, the world market is structured today. Uh, big thing with respect to stocks, in my opinion, major exporter stocks were up 400,000 bales. And importers, the stocks were up 600,000 bales. I think I call that major because to me it just says there is a, there is less need to import cotton because the importers uh, have, have increased their, or the numbers reflect a much larger uh, base of supply already on location with importers with respect to exporters. So I, to me, the, 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 the market, the, the report comes off as somewhat bearish. And as we were talking beforehand, you know, why is this market up? And we're going, that's why we wanted to make sure Gerald was here today to explain that to us. But we have our opinions, but we don't want to share those till he gives us the actual answer. But all in all, I, it was good to see the numbers come out. Uh, it was, I think, probably uh, some people think the Texas crop could yet be a little bit smaller, and given the, uh, the the way things will have to shake out in January, we'll just have to see where the report is. But a, a bit of a bearish report, in my opinion. Uh, all right. Uh, Gerald, give us your thoughts on it. Well, I thought U.S. or I thought I thought OA did a fantastic job of summarizing everything, and and uh, I, I guess I'm not I didn't think it was that bearish, but it certainly wasn't friendly. Um, although I think initially people focused in on that reduction in U.S. ending stocks, and that's why you know the market shot from what well, basically 81.50 up to 82.50 in the in the blink of an eye, and then it came back down again once people started looking at some of these other numbers. Um, but, um, the, um, yeah, I mean, consumption is not, uh, is not good right now. It's just, it's just sort of there. Um, and, um, um, I don't even think it's a matter of price. I think you could go down to 65 cents and I don't know that you would increase consumption. It's just a matter of, of getting guys to, you know, getting consumers to, to buy stuff in the stores, and and uh, I, I guess they're just not doing that right now. Although when I you know I walk into various stores, and and it doesn't seem like anybody is just completely inundated with uh, with supplies, um, with inventories. You almost wonder if you know if it's not a deal where you know stores are just not buying because they're so worried about what the consumer may do in the future rather than what he's doing today. Um, but uh, re- regardless, you know, coming down on the consumption number was probably a good move, and uh, there's probably room for a little bit more as, as we go forward. But uh, the um, uh, which is which means that the bull's going to have a real hard time getting his head back up above water and uh, into a, a number that uh, that most growers would like to see to, to sell their cotton. Well, Brad, I'm sorry, Gerald, we we uh, were talking just before we started our program about why we've rallied here recently, and 
and you were talking about the call positions that were taking place. Can you kind of talk a little bit about your thoughts of why we would have rallied? <clears throat> the, you know, for almost a month, we had just bounced around in this three-cent trading range. And I don't know if speculators were just getting tired of it. You know, it's like, hey, i got to get out. Maybe I'll go find some other, you know, sandbox to play in. Um, but I think we started creeping higher. And then, yeah, there were a lot of these January um, – 80 cent calls and 81 cent calls bought on Monday, you know, about 1300. And those things expire next week, um, next Friday. And so for somebody to come out and make that kind of a bet, you know, um, something's going on. And then there was a lot of call buying today. Now, maybe it was just against, uh, um, you know, selling futures and, and so people are delta hedging that stuff, but uh, there was a lot of call buying today. So, I, I don't really know what happened, and, and you know, phone phone lines were going every everywhere. You know, yesterday, you hearing anything? No, you hearing anything? No. So I I do think we just this market just creeped high enough that you started getting some buying coming in just from either people covering shorts or maybe hey, let's just take a chance here and see what happens. And then you started hitting, you know, buy stops probably initially above 80.40. And then once you got above 81.40, I think they came in heavier. And then we got up, you know, over 82 cents. And so I, I really think that yesterday was a big speculative short covering rally. But, you know, um, when you look at open interest, there wasn't a, there wasn't a huge uh, change in, in, uh, in open interest. Uh, which meant that, you know, probably some of the previous shorts, uh, uh, previous spec shorts just turned into, you know, new new trade shorts. Uh, so I don't have I don't have a good explanation of why we went up uh, yesterday, but I guess it was nice to see, you know, that the bull isn't completely, you know, um, taken off of uh, life support. Or he shouldn't be on life support right now. He's got a little life left in him. Let's put it that way. <laughs> <laughs> All right, John or Kip, what what are you thinking? Uh, uh, Gerald's story right there is, I think, a pretty good story. What what struck me, um, I, I, there's no real impacts about this thing. I guess what struck me with the U.S. changing the U.S. numbers was I was I was expecting a smaller adjustment month over month than what we got. It was a three hundred three hundred ten thousand bale cut. But then the month before, from October to November, it was at 273,000 uh, raising it. So the it's the amplifications there, or the blips are kind of offsetting each other. Going forward, I'm I'm more and more expecting you know smaller and smaller adjustments. Hundred thousand dollar dollar, I wish, hundred thousand bale adjustments, um, one way or the other, till we zero in on the on the actual number, which I. I don't think the crop's that late, so I figure we'll be there by January, and all the surprise will be out of the supply side by then. It's not already. Yep. I don't know what I can contribute uh, that would be new to what these guys have said. I I very much agree with uh, with Gerald's assessment that consumption is uh, a bit weak now. I don't think that we are terribly surprised about that. We've been talking about it now for a while. Um, there are a lot of cross-currents going on in this market, you know, a lot of 
you know, we got a war going on here, actually a couple of them, and we've got uh, we've got relative uncertain but optimistic uh, in many circles economic situations, and the consumer has really held up big time. Uh, you know, and it's almost like okay, at some point, if this consumer slows down, maybe that's what the textile mills are telling us by slowing their consumption. They're just a bit concerned. Uh, that's going to keep. I'm a little bit surprised that we're seeing this sort of bullish activity in the market and the trading. It may be that the risk to reward is just there, and folks are saying, okay, you know. Uh, Gerald made the statement that maybe they're looking at other sandbox. I'll do something in, in the options market and then do futures somewhere else because this is kind of a, a boring market. Maybe that's what we're seeing. Uh, you don't see a whole lot of excitement going on here in the short term, uh, and I think that's primarily due to, as uh, as John said, the the supply side supplies or expectations pretty much behind us. And now the consumer, our, our mill use has got to show us a little bit more, and I just don't think that's in the cars, at least for a while. So I'm not sure I contributed any more than the others did. Maybe I said the same thing in a different way, but I, I really believe that's kind of where we are right now. All right. Uh, well, we'll get in a little bit more discussion. Let's open up the lines, see if we have any questions here. And uh, so you know how this works. I'm going to unmute these lines, and uh, if we start hearing uh, somebody shoe a horse, we're going to have to probably mute them again. So uh, if you've got a question, direct it to our, our group here, and they'll, they'll, they'll answer your questions. What questions do you have? Yes, we were too bearish, Pat. <laughs> All right. Uh, no, come on. I know we've got somebody that's got something they'd like to ask. Okay. Going? Going? Hey, hey Dr. Cleveland, look at your text real quick. <laughs> uh oh. <laughs> Just go ahead and put me on the spot. It's okay. I've been there before. <laughs> I, I don't know how to do that talk at the same time. I used to sing on the phone. <laughs> uh, what, I, uh, what I told Doc was uh, the basis in the southeast the last 10 days has gotten strong as the new road. Wow. In the last 10 days now. Before that, it was very weak. I don't know what's uh, uh, y'all have any thoughts on what's causing that, Bill. That's a great question, and I look forward to Kip answering this. Well, I wish I had an answer, uh, uh, one that I have a lot of confidence in. But because yeah, export sales haven't been going well, maybe we're seeing people trying to get cotton in position to to get to the ports. But I honestly do not. Uh, I do not have a good answer for that. I'm sorry. We're just seeing a lot of people. I'm just a small guy, but I'm having people call me that hadn't called in a couple years wanting to buy cotton. And uh, 10 days ago, you couldn't get a phone return, a phone call return. All of a sudden, 
people are wanting to buy cotton, and I didn't know if something was going on that uh, we didn't know about or what. Pat, Gerald, you've not uh, seen anything? I'm sorry. Go ahead, John. You know, I was uh, uh, you know, speaking about the southeast. I was talking to somebody in Virginia yesterday, and they were saying that the last 10 days the basis had really picked up, um, and they hadn't, they can't figure it out either. And my only thought is, well, maybe it's just time for guys, maybe time for, for you know, these major merchants to put some inventory into their position. And, you know, but if they're doing that, there's got to be a reason for it. Nobody wants to carry cotton. There's not, a, there's not a whole lot of carry between March and May, and these interest rates are still kind of high. So there's got to be there's got to be more to it. I don't know if, if, if it's related. It's got to have something to do with China, I'm sure of it. Or possibly, you know, they're seeing some signs out there that maybe some of these mills have, have waited too long to buy, and now they need to come in. And even as bad as consumption is, they need to have some, some cotton in, in their inventory. And so this is not speaking to Bill's question directly. It's just uh, trying to throw a monkey wrench, Gerald, into, into your response. Uh, and it, I mean, I would agree. It, it's very well China. That's where most of, most of the volatility seems to come from this time of year. Moving forward, they do absolutely need cotton. We see that. We note that uh, whereas the USDA reduced their consumption by a million bales, they did not reduce their their imports. Their need for imported cotton. So. China remains a big buyer regardless of the fact that their consumption is coming down. I.e., and we've talked about it last month, that they're, they're aggressively buying cotton for uh, for their reserve. And with cotton below 80 cents a pound, you would think that they would be very strong buyers. So it may be that here in the next two weeks we see some big numbers going to China again. And I think I hope that's great, and I hope that that, that does continue to translate on a strong basis throughout. I, I just get concerned if that is a true increase in demand. I think it's just, as I said last month, a movement from the U.S. warehouse to the Chinese warehouse. I'm just, just That's just my major concern. Thank you. All right, do we have any other, I think there was another question about to come on. Who else had a question? Oh, Pat, this was Brad Heffington. Can you hear me? Yes, we hear you. Yeah. Um, it's kind of, well, I don't I guess they still like pick cotton better than stripper cotton, but we're not getting bids here, and our basis is getting wider. And, uh, I, you know, at this price, I guess I'm just posing the question, guys. I'm a diehard cotton grower, but I can't make this pencil, you know, next year, even rallying 10 cents from here with the, I mean, what our equipment's costing and wrap. I, I, I just really worry about, you know, King Cotton used to be the thing here, but I, I don't know. I mean, we've got better opportunities with some grain prices, and, and, I, and it really worries me you know, what we're looking at on. But I guess maybe we need a year where there's not any cotton or something. I, it's really kind of baffles me right now a little bit. Because our cost of production, you know, 80 cents doesn't cut it anymore. It's just, just that's not even realistic. What have you, excuse me, what have you, 
the biggest increase have you seen? There's fuel cost the biggest thing that you're really hurting you? No, equipment. I mean, you got to buy a million dollar cotton strip, and gotcha. and our our seed costs and you know fertilizer costs and labor costs. Parts parts are horrendous. Our I just renewed all my insurance and all of it was up over 25% for farm liability and equipment and things like that. We're just getting squeezed beyond, you know, all of our profit. I hate to say this, was going to John Deere. Now there's not even to send to John Deere. There's nothing left to send to John Deere in Montesano. We're in the hole at these prices. And if, unless it gets up to where we can get 90 cents a pound for it, I don't, or maybe even more, I don't know how we're going to make that work at all. I mean, if you're being realistic, I mean, we've been kind of hoping the market's going to come back and now we're running out of that hope. And if, if insurance price guarantees are anywhere at this level, there'll be a huge shift again here out of continent. I never thought I would see that happen this year. Of course, we had another dry year, but, you know, that's not normal here. Normally, we get some kind of rain. We make some, you know, at least a decent crop and... I just don't see that being in the cards for people to keep burning equity, growing something that's on paper is figuring a loss because, you know, it's even worse in reality. Brad, I hear what you're saying, and I don't disagree at all. I just, I, I'm jumping in because I, we had a conference here this week. This, this is 08. It covered the entire Mid-South and had about 700 folks here with uh, both grain and cotton. And uh, the guy, I would say the godfather of the Mid-South consultants, commercial consultants. Uh, and when I told him maybe, you know, we could get deck, red deck, or new deck up to 75, 85 cents, maybe, maybe 88 cents. And he said, and he said the same thing you said. And I'm not used to hearing that so much in the Mid-South. I, I do hear it more from your end of the world. But uh, he said very much the same thing. He said, we just, we can't cut 85 cents. That's not enough. We've got to get pushed closer to 90. And this is a guy that I've known a very long time. And as I say, I would call him kind of the, he's the major crop consultant in the Mid-South. And uh, it, it troubles me a little bit uh, with respect to what will happen. Other than to say that the group left, by and large, overwhelmingly suggesting that they're going to plant the same thing that they planted this past year and want to plant more. Now, I don't think they will plant more, but uh, they were certainly wishing and hoping, we'll put it that way, that they could. But they, I, don't, I don't want to imply that they said they would plant more. I'm just That, that, that was the way it came off. Thank you. But they're, they're saying they would plant the same amount of cotton, or had they yes. switched to other crops? Oh, okay. In the Mid-South, they're yeah. saying they'll, they'll come yeah. back with the same amount. Yeah, I mean, well, but isn't that kind of a yield thing? I mean, that's a pretty good crop around. I mean, in particular, those that had strong yields were very aggressive, and they will plant more. But those that had average yields, we had sectors that were, we got caught in a drought, too. Uh, but they 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 plan to come back with the, with the same acreage. It just seems to be a big difference in in, in West Texas. I mean, the, the mindset. Oh yeah. When you haven't when oh, you yeah. haven't had good yields and you're looking at you know these costs, it's hard to take the gamble on yields. So. Yeah. Anyway, any, anything else we got? Any other questions? Uh, All right. Well, let's, uh, we're going to mute the lines again, and then...
we're going to go to the, the part of the program where we say what the market's going to do. And uh, Pat, if Pat, oh, this way, if I can bug you, but bother sure. you one time, let me make one more comment because I, I don't want to disrupt it with when this with these comments when we talk about prices. I would say that those of us, and I, I think all of us have, and if we could take a minute as we've penciled in acreage for next year, uh, I, I mean, I'm just going to throw out a number if it's appropriate. If you if you need to stop this part of the conversation, go ahead. I'm going to just suggest 10.3 million acres that we plant next year. Now, I've seen numbers as high as 10.8 and as low as about 9.8. I'm going to throw out 10.3 to let anybody take a shot at that or make suggestions or if anybody has any. Okay. Well, Gerald, we'll start with you. You can give your comments on acreage estimates and then give us your thoughts on price, the range of price looking out. Um, acreage estimate, uh, I think I would be close to that 9-8 number. Um, the, I just, you know, you sit there and you look at the corn and the bean ratios, the cotton, during the, just during the month of November, it would suggest that cotton acres are going to come down. I don't have a good magnitude. I just pick, really kind of pick nine, eight out of the out of the air. So um, that, but that's where I'm, I'm sitting for right now. Um, now, you know, we've got a lot to lot can change between now and, and planting time. But uh, it doesn't have a whole lot of time to think about it. You know, we probably got the month of January and maybe maybe a, a week or two or three in, in February. But that's about it. So you know, cotton's going to do something. If it's going to convince people that the to go ahead and, and take a chance, it's going to have to get up and uh, get up and do something in the next uh, oh four, five, six weeks. Um, in terms of a price, you know, I still think we've got an eighty-five cents uh, written in at some point. Is it going to happen this month? Probably not. Is it going to happen in January? Probably so. So I think we'll have eighty-five cents uh, again in the in the uh, it, well. I think it'll happen in the May in the March contract, and maybe it'll be more like the May contract. But uh, 85 to uh, to possibly possibly as high as 80 88 cents. But I don't think once you hit if you see 85 cents, I'm not sure. And that's all going to depend on the circumstances how we got up to 85 cents. But for the most part, if we get up to 85 cents, I think guys ought to just uh, think about hey, it's been a good year or not. I'm going to go ahead and, and get out, but uh, 85 to 88 would be the top end. Probably, uh, do we have another shot at going down? Most likely. I mean, uh, you know, 77 to 78 cents on the downside on 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 March. So let's call me 77 to to 88 cents, but really it's more like 77 to 85 cents for the probably for the next uh, six eight weeks. Okay. All right, John. Uh, I have the exact same price range uh, for the March contract that Gerald just articulated, upper 70s to 85. Uh, right now, my acreage model would lead me to guess 10 and a half, uh, um, and I'm really worried about the whole price range for next year being downshifted if we have similar similar demand conditions and a little bit more supply, which I expect. I'm penciling out, you know, a fifteen and a half million bale crop. Um, I, 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 I have a hard time seeing December twenty-four rallying uh, on that basis. 
Okay. Uh, Kim? I, um, I'm looking about, I'm, I haven't given this an awful lot of thought, but I did a couple of weeks ago look at the at the acreage numbers, and I'm thinking somewhere around 10, give or take 100,000 either way. Uh, at least today, uh, Gerald made the statement, we're going to have to see something, you know, to really get area up. And I think that because so many folks are so dependent on the insurance now, uh, you know, February is going to be a big deal in the in the coming uh, in the coming crop year. My price range right now is somewhere. Uh, I'm going to go a little bit. I hate to be a little more negative, but I'm thinking maybe the low could be seventy four, seventy five cents, and the high uh, eighty three to eighty five. I just don't see much in there, simply because as we talked earlier. We're in kind of a stale market right now, and consumption is just not, uh, at least today, consumption doesn't look strong enough to really give us that underlying boost we need. Okay. Oway, you've given your acreage estimate. What are your thoughts on prices? Well, I, I'm I, 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 I'm betwixt and between as you hear me stuttering. I'm having difficulty. Gerald and, and, and John's comment of an 88-cent high, it's hard for me to go against that. The 85 cents, it's definitely hard to go against that. We just, uh, today's high in May, we're just 250, I mean, 150 points off of 85 cents. The, the high in May, high in July, 140 points. So, yes, we can certainly do a, 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 a 85-cent uh, in, in the March, May, July, and Gerald probably sounded like he might have thrown it out to May, possibly not necessarily, but squeezed it a little bit out to May. And yeah, the May July I would think would have the best shot at that. Uh, I'd even go out to July. But uh, as this the rally we saw the prior two days, it's absolutely possible to get the market that high. Uh, I'm not going to say it's not, and it's absolutely possible to get it up to 88 cents if we get something on a roll there. Now I, I am I come back to Kip's side a low around seventy four probably I would my if you get a hard low seventy four fifty uh, and I would not I don't think we'll go that low but I wouldn't be shocked to see something down to around seventy six cents that would not surprise me at all and now I did not think we would get uh, March above. Um, uh, 82 cents at all, and today's high 83 plus. So, uh, I, you know, my, my my forecasting is a little little bit off kilter there. So, but the hard bracket that you would I would give you, and I'm going to give you this out to July is an 88 cent high, as Gerald suggested, and I'm going to come out to a, a 74 and a half cent low. Okay. Any other thoughts we've got before we uh, close out? I got a sharp pencil out there that OA has. I like that. 74. I mean, and a half, seventy-four and a half. <laughs> I like. Well, I took a shower this morning. <laughs> All right. Was well, that the first one this week? Yeah, that's the only one I needed. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, let's wrap it up. And uh, we want to thank OA for leading us, and thanks to our cotton panel. Uh, special thanks to BAS BASF for making this all possible. And thanks to you, our listeners. And that concludes this edition of the Ag Market 2015-2016.